and gentlemen, Michael Gormley and Luke Carey are at it again. America. Heck yeah. Coming again to save the day, yeah, America. Luke, I got to tell you, people are very excited about my new ringtone. What's your new ringtone? You doing the Spice Girls thing. <laughs> so tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I'll tell you what I want. Um, what I really, really want. I want up. 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 Ah, wait. Let's start. let's uh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on. Oh, wait, hold on. Can you hear this, Luke? Can you hear this? Yeah, it's my boy throwing away all those good decisions and good habits and new frontiers. You know what I'm drinking? Uh, Bud Light. No, let me rephrase this. You know what I am crushing a six-pack of with my beautiful wife? No. M. Effing White Claw. <laughs> oh, you've become a middle-aged mom. <laughs> no, nah, attractive man. one at that. Nah, man. Urgh. Nah, man. I'm cool, dog. I'm down with the white claw, son. I gotta oh, keep I have those a buddy. arms from um, getting wide. <laughs> from getting flabby when I wave goodbye as my son gets on the bus. <laughs> I stopped waving two minutes ago, yet my arm is still going. <laughs> Mike Gormley. But I had four of them because, for those of you who don't know, White Claw is hard seltzer. So it's a LaCroix that grew up. <laughs> but then decided it didn't like adulting, so it went out and became a partier at a rave. Like, like, I'm going to extend my 20s a little bit too long. Yeah. Well into my 40s. Hey, looking at you, Shannon. Looking at you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I just saw your emoji. That's awesome. I just sent a crying face emoji to Luke. <laughs> Oh, Michael, I just discovered what that was this past week. I just discovered what it is right now. My buddy, uh, Stephen Lenahan, who is a coworker, said that he went on a uh, bachelor party and he has Hashimoto, Hashimoto. So he has this disease and he can't drink gluten. And so he brought all these like shiners, I think, Shinerbach beer. And he brought for himself White Claw and everyone started drinking it. And they were like, oh, my goodness, this is awesome. And that's all they drank. We had discovered the new frontier. <laughs> it's water that's carbonated, slightly flavored, and booze. Burr, it's, burr, like, burr. it's like better for you than Gatorade 2. It's like the crunch, but post-college. <laughs> They'll never graduate. <laughs> <laughs> There'll always be 20 in my mind. Oh, yeah. Man, Luke, uh, can I tell you how happy I am to talk to you? I, it's you know I I I need you in my life. I really need this. You people need no... to book more shows so we can see each other more often. <laughs> <laughs> Catchingfoxes.fm, please come on, do yeah. it for us. I'm happy though. I am happy we don't have any shows in September. Oh, you. S- it's fine. I have so much worky work stuff going on in September that my brain is dun done. Uh, my last like big travel is for august is on uh next tuesday so in a week i'm going to vancouver and uh the following uh so september my only trip i'm going out to hang out with my buddy chris out in boston and doing an event for him 
But uh, it's funny because Chris is a Patreon supporter. Oh, thanks, Chris. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, and I met him Patreon. at... Patreon.com Sum- slash CF. Patreon.com slash CF. <laughs> and I, I met him at, uh, um, at uh, Zoomville East. He's like, hey, I'm Chris. I invited you to Boston. I'm a supporter. I was like, Chris! Was like, Chris! Give me your money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Luke. Luke, can I tell you what happened to me last weekend, this weekend? Tell me what fun things happened to you this past weekend that I probably already oh, I already oh, know about, but will feign interest in for the sake of our listeners and this show. <laughs> so I went to St. Vincent de Paul, where our homeboy, Father David Hust, is the associate or the parochial vicar there. Yes. And, and I did, yes, baby. Yes. And I did an event for his parish staff, and it went really, really well. And it was one of those things where I like prayed and fasted for the people more than I did for my talks. And it was like a different thing. So that was a lot of fun. But then Sunday, I took my family to 7 a.m. mass. Can I tell you what hell it is to get your kids up and running? First of all, why? Oh, I got to tell you what I did on Saturday nights last Sunday morning. Okay, you go. You go tell me. I may have stayed up till 5 in the morning watching all of season two of Mindhunter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Luke is going to watch the documentary on the terrible Steubenville high school student no, rape documentary. That, that was the next day. And then, oh, oh, I thought you watched Mindhunter instead of watching. Because that documentary no, I is did, so I did. heavy. Oh, it yeah. No, no, no. So heavy. I was like, you know, and I don't think anyone else besides me really wanted to watch it. So um, <laughs> by anyone else, you mean your wife? <laughs> yeah. She was like, I don't. <laughs> it's funny. The like amount of own places where it's where it's like been there, been there, been there. Know that. Know that street has been there. It was it's very weird. It's this is this is the second time I've watched a documentary on on like on Netflix that takes place in a place where I lived. <laughs> what, Anywho, was the first? what was the first um, murder mountain? It's about uh, Humboldt County. The old Eureka. Yeah. So that was awesome. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so no, but anyway, so tell me why, uh, two hours after I had gone to bed, uh, you took your family to mass. <laughs> See, that's why we're friends. No one else does that. Um, cause they're adults. Um, let me interrupt this show for a second to tell you an Instagram love story. My wife, Shannon follows a bunch of Catholic moms on Instagram and Twitter when she's not too busy ignoring all my podcasts and such. I have content, Shannon content. I'm not bitter. It's not about me. I'm big enough to admit that. One day, while ignoring the best episode of Catching Foxes ever, Shannon sees one of her favorite bloggers talking on the old Insta about podcasts. And wouldn't you know it, her favorite was Catching Foxes, playing right there on her phone in the post. Shannon couldn't wait to tell me. Finally, I thought, maybe my wife will start to listen to the show. Maybe one day she'll be proud of me. Nope. Didn't happen. Bonnie Ingstrom is not only an insightful blogger, but she is now releasing an insane new book about her life. 61 Minutes to a Miracle, Fulton Sheen, and a True Story of the Impossible from OSV. On September 16, 2010, Bonnie delivered, this is insane, she delivered a stillborn baby boy. And for 61 minutes, not 61 seconds, we're talking for over an hour, Little James Fulton had no heartbeat. Just as the doctors were about to call the time of death, her family was praying for the powerful intercession of Fulton Sheen, the good old archbishop, and his little heart started to beat. 
This story went all the way to the Vatican's cause for the saints and was deemed a miracle by the medical experts and theologians that reviewed the case. This is incredible. Little James today is continuing to thrive and grow, and you should find out more about it by buying this book. Now, let me say this. Bonnie actually loves our show, but her typical Catholic mom blog audience is probably not our usual demographic, maybe-ish. So she's hoping that she's going to build a bridge with these audiences with this ad right here. So do us all a favor. Click the link in the show notes, or you can go to OSV, or you can go to Amazon and get 61 Minutes to a Miracle, Fulton Sheen, and a true story of the impossible. It is set to be released in early September, so we want to give the book and the cause of Fulton Sheen the old catching foxes bump. Check it out today. Our thanks to Bonnie Engstrom, OSV, and 61 Minutes to a Miracle for sponsoring this show. Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, pray for us. So I we went to Mass, hung out with the fam, and then I drove to San Antonio. Three hours and 15 minutes to the Hyatt something something. And I did the Fullness of Truth conference. Todd Johnson is a big fan of Catching Foxes. And he thanks, and, Todd. Yeah, he's awesome. And uh, he works with the Fullness of Truth people. They're mostly apologetics-type stuff. And I got the last talk of the event. It was a whole weekend at this beautiful... Big mistake, Todd. (laughs) Step one, don't have Gomer do the last talk. No, and I follow... People just want to (laughs) leave. No, so this is the funny thing. And like, what's your point? (laughs) All these tangents. This about economics. This about some book you just read, which you're really passionate about and know everything about now. This is about some fire movement. I'm just trying to learn how to talk to my brothers and friends. I don't care about retiring early. I'm a boomer. I'm probably already rich. (laughs) The best part is Tom went to go see the fire... Todd. I said Tom. (laughs) Todd went to go see the fire documentary. Isn't this, he saw it out in, uh, I think it was in Houston or San Antonio. But anywho, long story short, I drive out there. I'm giving the last talk at 4 p.m. Half the audience, I would say, is already gone because it's, the la- it's, it's a little too late in the day. And he warned me when he hired me. He's like, listen, a bunch of people leave because checkout's at 2 p.m. And it's kind of hard, especially if you have to travel anywhere outside of San Antonio. A lot of people will leave at that time. And I was like, eh, it's fine, whatever. I don't care. Your money is still green. <laughs> exactly. So the I opened. Spirit's still going to move. So I opened with that line. <laughs> I was like, you know, we get paid for this, and they told me that a lot of y'all were going to leave, but I told him your money's still green. No and one. All laughed. the boomers were like, "Damn millennial." Yeah. No one laughed. No one laughed. Just start bashing Franciscan. That was also <laughs> what we want to hear. Yeah. Tell us how that literature teacher is naughty. I <laughs> <laughs> naughty. You're a naughty teacher. You've been bad because you're naughty. Well, this is intense. <laughs> this show is Francisca, intense. Franciscan, come and add on. A, do you just let the people do an add on our show. <laughs> Yes, come, come, children. I do an ad. <laughs> so on show. many times they have approached us, and I've said, "Fine, we would I'd love to have it." And they've had to check with the higher ups, and they've gone, "Sorry, we can't." And by so many times, I mean twice. Mm-hmm. So, can I finish my damn story? Oh this is, no, it, no one cares. Two sentences. Two sentences. <laughs> no, Will you give I'm me two kidding. sentences? Yeah, of course, of course. So I give my talk. I finish with a hail mary, so I can leave while everyone's praying and not looking at me. There you go. Guy comes up on the stage. So my talk was on spiritual warfare and the Blessed Virgin Mary. And I go just put, put my stuff in a bag. So I went right after Immaculate Illibagiza, who survived the Rwandan genocide 
and yes and she is in number one she is stunningly beautiful number two she survived the genocide by hiding in a i think it was a lutheran pastor's bathroom that was like a a half bath for with four other women and they all took turns sitting down on the toilet because there wasn't enough room to sit for everyone what a mercy and she prayed the rosary for hours and hours a day for like 18 months while the Rwandan genocide happened all around her. He pushed an armoire that completely covered the door. And so they didn't come in. They didn't know it was back there, the bathroom. It was like a little add-on bathroom. She survived it barely. She wrote a book called Left to Tell. I read that book years ago when I was a youth minister in Austin. We had her out. It was one of her first like big speaking gigs. The local Austin theater didn't want to rent it to the Catholic Church because they're like, no one's going to come, and we need to make a profit here, and you have to have at least a third of the theater full. It was standing room only. It was insane. And that's where I first met her, and I was like, this woman is incredible. There's a picture of her with her arm around the man who macheted her brother to death. Right? This woman's intense, and she gives the most gentle, beautiful story of love and forgiveness. That's her whole point. It's like, how can we end these genocides in Africa? The only way is through the through Christ and our our forgiveness of one another's real harms that we've done. And it's you. And then it's me. It was Curtis oh, Martin, the founder of Focus, Tim Staples, the legendary apologist, Father Donald Calloway, that guy, and then and Macaulay Ilabagiza, and then me. <laughs> And so I go out amazing, there. Amazing, amazing, amazing guy in his 30s who's got a podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Epic founder of a ministry that's literally converting thousands of people. Father Donald Calloway, whose spiritual writings of the Blessed Virgin Mary have changed lives forever. Tim Staples, who's personally pulled out probably thousands of Protestants into the Catholic Church. Immaculate uh, 18 months hid from the Rwandan genocide. And then Michael Gormley. Father Mike Schmitz was busy. <laughs> Michael Gormley, because Matt Frad was too busy recording a podcast. <laughs> My, um, Michael Gormley, because Leah Darrow had better things to do. <laughs> Wait, let's get going with this. My, um, Michael Gormley, because there's not enough room for like that many egos for Scott Hahn to be there. I'm just kidding. I have no idea if Scott Hahn is an ego or not. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Michael Gormley, because Randy Rouse can't take how big Curtis Martin is now. (laughs) I don't know Randy Rouse at all. I'm sure he's a nice man. (laughs) Founder of Life Team. Or not founder. Current president of Life Team. Um, Yeah, so I give my... Michael Gormley, because Bob Rice's bow ties are getting a little bit old. (laughs) Just kidding, Bob. I'm just just kidding. He doesn't listen. Oh, man. Man, come on, you got any more? I, I know. I'm, I'm trying to think. Wait, wait. Give me a second. Michael Gormley, because John Leindecker never has a point. John, who's John that, Leindecker? That was a low. Exactly. Who is he? I don't even know who he is. No. <laughs> um, so he's a really good buddy of mine who uh, oh, I know you met him at Focus, yeah. huge yeah, yeah. beard, he's Byzantine. Great, great guy. He actually gave the, one of the best talks that I have ever heard. Um, I just like to give him crap because he is my friend of me, and I love him. <laughs> He's your nemesis, a guy you kind of <laughs> like, but but really just no, hate I love him because you want to be him. <laughs> yeah, me and John had a whole talk in a, in a car one time about how like if we ever made our own website that's like called to call on the other person out, and I was like, deal. <laughs> that if you know if you ever saw Omajinelecker dot com or if you ever had Omalukecarry dot com, we were we were gonna call the call each other out on it. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. 
Sorry. Anyways, go on. So your talk after the, after the, this woman who went through some like real heavy stuff and her and her face was actually put into like action, and then you did what? <laughs> I said, I said, holy moly! It's kind of hard following <laughs> Immaculate Illabagiza who survived for eighteen months in a tiny bathroom with five other women or four other women praying the rosary every day. Go, meanwhile, I meanwhile, I can't even handle when there's not enough foam in my latte, and I complain. My pod, my podcast co-host got into a fight with his wife over the weekend because he didn't like how the house was designed. <laughs> Anywho. We're going to unpack that later. <laughs> I'm going to unpack that later, as well as the five or six people who have said, is Luke mad at me? He's un or he's blocked me on Twitter. We'll get to that in a second. Wait, what? Oh, I can't wait for that. Yeah. Uh, so, so I finish my talk <laughs> and I get a standing ovation. <laughs> the leftover 1400 people signed up for the conference. There's probably like 800 left standing ovation. As I'm trying to walk out, this woman runs up to me. I'll say this. She was an older woman, but the years were very good to her. Very good to her. And she came up to me, tears in her eyes. And she looked at me and she goes, Mr. Gormley. And I said, please call me Gomer. No, I didn't say that. And she said. And I um, put my hand so gently on like her wrist and said, please call me Gomer. <laughs> me too. I'm not holding your wrist. I'm just putting my hand there in a very comforting way. <laughs> no, I said, I said, yeah. And she said. I came to this conference. I love this conference. I go every year. But I came for the Curtis Martin. Yeah. But. And she said, but your talk is the reason why God wanted me here. Oh, and she that's just awful. starts crying. Oh, God. She's like, her. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So then I go outside. I get a thousand. I mean, like, I get, I, I'm not mobbed by any, any means. But people were coming up and they were like, holy crap. That was amazing. And then I finally see Immaculate Illabagiza, and I go over to her. And I'm like, Immaculate, thank you for being here. And she's like, I am so sorry I did not come to your talk. And I was like, don't worry about it. And she said, no, they said um, the, some of my staff went to your talk, and they said it was so wonderful, and she's you even staff. paid me a compliment. Yeah, she's, she, has, she has an entourage. And, uh, Good for her. Oh, yeah, she's killing it. I mean, she has like six books. I have this podcast uh so she says <laughs> so she gives me a big hug and we just start chit-chatting just very briefly did you invite her on uh, the show no you end every conversation with a person like that with an invitation to come on the show no i mean i did but for every knee oh. shall bow you <laughs> i'm kidding, motherfucker. I'm kidding. <laughs> Luke, i would never i would never <laughs> dave van vickle is nothing to me i'm just using him <laughs> and he was oh, the talk went dave. well everything went well and then an awkward guy at the end Asked me an incredibly There's always intense, an awkward guy at the end. And he's waiting for me. He was oh. waiting for me. I told my wife the story, and she goes, how, how do they always find you? And I said, I'm at a Catching Foxes event, and they find me. Everyone <laughs> finds me. Luke There's is over always... there hanging out with the cool people, and I'm stuck. I, know. I, always, I find the coolest looking people, make a beeline for them, because <laughs> they're not trying to talk, talk to us. So I just go and hang out with them. Hey, you guys look like you're... You guys look like you're two beers in, even though the event just started. I'm going to hang out with you. Yeah, seriously. And all these Bible nerds want to talk to you about stuff. And I'm like, never mind. <laughs> I never read the scriptures. My name's Luke <laughs> Carey. I've abandoned our Lord. It's not even remotely true. I was such a Bible kid in high school. I read my Bible all the time. Really? 
Really? Yeah. What oh, was yeah. your favorite book of the Bible? Romans, specifically Romans 8, which was read at my wedding. Wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> if you were like, The Shepherd of Hermas, it's the best book of the Bible. And I'm like, oh, shit, Luke, that's, that's apocrypha. Oh my God. You just took all the Bible glory in college, so I let you have it. <laughs> I was like, he's not the only one here who read the Bible in high school. But you was the only one who listened to talks on it. So. <laughs> I had my Radix tape. <laughs> oh my gosh, did you really? The Passion? Oh, yeah, I did. No, I, mine was on the Ten Commandments, and I loved it. I oh. wore the crap out of that tape. Is anyone from like, um, Radix who was on that tape? Uh, thank you. I really needed that in 19, I'm 97. So thank you. I used to watch the Radix VHS tape of him, a one man show doing the passion. I can remember and he's doing the I scourging scene and he's like, right down his back, down his neck. And I remember being, I was just crying. You want to know what I saw when I looked into this man's eyes? I will tell you what I saw when I looked into this man's eyes. <laughs> His eyes were closed. His lips were moving as if, as if he was in prayer. He wasn't resisting this at all. He was, he was ready to accept this. Who is this man? And then, and then he looked at me. I want up. 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 So I found his email address and I sent the head guy an email and I said, I want to thank you for your thing. I have, I have cried the entire time and I've watched it like five times. And he replied and he said, the reply was from a, a quote from a Pope in the middle ages. And he says, um, the tears shed over meditation on the passion is worth more than a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. And I was like, yes! <laughs> that, that was all he said. <laughs> Mary's favorite. <laughs> no, so, uh, and then I became on... Mary's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> There's a story about that, everyone. And if you go to patreon.com slash CF, you can hear it. I'm not afraid to whore, I'm not afraid to whore that out. So, um, <laughs> I'll tell it to you via webcam, topless, even <laughs> anything <laughs> to make that paper topless. Uh, I should tell you about how I'm dressed right now, but we'll, we'll wait for that. Uh, it is so hot in my attic right now. It is unbelievably hot. Okay. Um, so I had a Radix tape on the 10 commandments that I got after the, stu- after I went to the behold, the lamb Steubenville conference in 1997, the lamb, the lamb that once was slave. He was crucified. <laughs> That's my terrible Bob, Bob Rice impression for our sins. He bore the pain. Then he rose up from the grave. Yeah. And he's coming back again. Weird that I remember that, right? Yeah, and it was crazy because Zach De La Roca was the lead praise and worship leader at my conference. Co-wit it now. I drink it. Okay. Mortal sin, co-wit it now. Rerum Navarum. I said for everything against this. Hey, Luke, let me just say one thing. I have read Rerum Navarum specifically on wages i went to ram navarro and i just <laughs> did i go find wages and literally the first sentence is it is not that wages are just what's agreed upon and i read it from Ram navarro and i was like 
That I can contend with. That is beautiful. The way it's summarized in the catechism leaves more to be desired. Nailed it. I Listen, love the Rerum Navarum. I remember reading it in college because they talked about how it really did end a lot of the strife between uh, 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 labor oh, and, and like management. People thought the world was going to like boil yeah. over. The church um, saved the world again. Again. Um. Yeah, dude, we had a lot of compliments on that. So I, I, I'm, I don't want to be too self-referential, but I'll be honest, I was kind of ashamed after that episode for how drunk I was. <laughs> <laughs> I see. The funny thing was, I'm outside drunk, of you like... constantly referencing how many you were drinking, <laughs> I wouldn't have known, except for the fact that at one point you're like, this can't even exist, <laughs> which was the best part of the whole show. Because the whole time I was like, we just put out an episode, which is just like a drunk guy and his DD friend arguing at a bar for like a lot of 90 Look, minutes. What else is this show? This is this is yeah. season one shit right here. This is season exactly. one shit. We got to get back to our roots. This is, this is we me are, in, a, in a closet <laughs> doing the podcast. This is us releasing our third album and people boo us. So now on our fourth album, we're going back to our roots and just exactly. imitating whatever made us money. I mean exactly. fans. I mean rich. I mean So I've oh. got some serious stuff to talk about, but before we do, it is so hot that I'm sweating like crazy right now. I have my shirt off and my computer is just getting ridiculously warm. I really so, wish you would take pictures of yourself right now. How many let's describe your house. You have a basement. Yep. But the floor is, like, razor thin. Yep, like paper thin. So when I was trying to record last week, Aaron got mad for how loud I was downstairs and <laughs> kicked me out. So it was like I was back in high school again. Okay, now you need to help me. I need to ask you. Uh, I'm going to go on Zillow.com. Is that where you found your house? Yes. Okay, you need to give me your address. Now, I'm going to uh, bleep it out for the for the okay. people. Yeah. Because Aaron will get creeped out. Yeah, I have no, learned no, no, to no, not totally. give any my personal info out because some people can't stop texting. Yeah. My gosh. Okay. Uh, four <laughs> Avenue. Dayton, Ohio. Oh, this is super cute. Yeah, it's very like it's got the whole uh, cottage thing. Yeah. Nice wood floors. Mm hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first time I'm seeing pictures of Luke's new house. That's How long have you true. been here? I sent you. No, no, no. no not in first, this house. No, I sent you the link to this house. In the oh, 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 let me rephrase that. This is the first time I actually gave a shit enough to look at the link that Thank Luke you. sent Fair. me. Fair. No, but I haven't seen this. This is nice. It's nice. No, it's good. It's good. It's uh, I like a little the wood smaller yeah. than the other house, but it's actually it's fine. So now, do, like do you have the artwork on the wall that says, pray big, trust God, laugh more, have fun? That's in, uh, that's in picture number four of 22 of your living room. Is it? No, if it's in the living room, no. Mm. We do have the one that's in the dining room. I like the fireplace with a little bit of stone, but not a lot. Yep, and that actually does work. Yes, a fireplace. Do you still have that bench in that tiny dining room? Uh, it's not a bench, but I know what we're talking about. Yes. Yeah. So it's like Ikea storage with a yes, cushion yep, on top. Yep. We're going to get rid of it eventually, but still have it. Oh man, I'll tell you what. It's perfect for kids. Oh, farmhouse sink. Look at you with the granite countertops big, in the farmhouse sink. Big fan of the farmhouse uh, sink. I'll be real honest. Big, big fan. They did a great job. That is Ikea 100%. 
They did a great job with that. That's nice. Yeah. Good kitchen. Yeah. Good kitchen, brah. Good kitchen. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit small. I think this is, you know, at first we were like, you know, this does have like a starter home kind of a on the field yeah. to it, but we'll, we'll be able to add on to it. And, and now we're like 100% starter home. So <laughs> we can't uh, wait to get out of here. Yeah. So I don't think we're going to make some of the changes that we have talked about. But okay. Um, Looking at uh, your master, it's nice. Very nice. And then see your guest, your guest bedroom. Actually, okay, hold on. I'm looking in the bathroom. Okay, sink. Oh, there it is. Oh, so what are you doing with that that bedroom? So that's our guest our guest bedroom. Hopefully, if we have a kid, it'll be you know the nursery, if if you will. But for right now, just the guest bedroom, otherwise known as uh, Christina or Gomer's room. How about this, Christina and? Gomer's room. <laughs> I think her boyfriend, oh, Mark, might, have, might be kind of angry about that. But does you know. he listen to the show? Uh, I do um, reference the beer that he works for, which I am I'm drinking right now. Does Platform he beer. listen to the show? Uh, I don't know. Neither does my wife. We're all good. <laughs> We're all good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now you have stairs that go up to a finished attic. So it's a finished attic. Yes. Yep. So Ooh, it could be a nice. bedroom. Except it is hot as balls, and there are cloud painted 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 on the wall. Of the oh, there it is! I see the cl- holy crap! So, f- folks, just to kind of paint you a word picture, very plush carpeting. You go upstairs. There's a little half wall where the stairs are. There's a desk that's very long. the The ceiling is fine. It's like white, but then you go to the next image, and there are the clouds that are reminiscent of St. Peter's Catholic Church mural yeah. that looks with the crazy Pope John Paul II. Um, oh, is that in Steubenville? Yeah. I forgot about that. Hey, I totally forgot about what that. What is the deal with the middle of your ceiling? It, are those lights? Uh, that might be what they had in here. I don't know. Oh, okay. It's not here now. So you don't have that cute day bed with the pink sheets that no. are in this picture? No. Yeah. Nah. Nah, hey, what's behind that tiny little door in the slanted ceiling? Uh, just like a little bit of storage space. And a place where I keep my mistress. Okay. And it actually goes back a little bit. So Okay, so now picture 15, I'm in the basement. Yeah. I see exposed rafters. Mm-hmm. I see a TV mounted to the wall. Did they take the yep. TV? They took the TV, but they left the mount, so we put our, our um, TV there. Respect. Do you have an egress window? Uh, no. So you can't count the square footage, but if you did, you could, no. right? Yes. Okay. Yes. That basement looks big. No, you know, it's, it's great. I actually really do like the basement. The only thing that sucks is uh, the floors are just so thin. So Yeah, you just uh, need to put oh, Okay, I see. I see. I see. I see. Okay. Okay. So I like but this. That's is there I a bathroom in the basement? There's a door. Yes. With a great shower. Oh, look at that. So that's prop. My guess is that'll be your actual room because okay. of the TV. Respect now, and we put the couch that was. You know, they they actually have left us a couch. We put that in the basement, so we have like a leather couch that actually has a recliners on it where you can watch ah. the TV and whatnot. So the one that was in the living room is now in the basement. Yes. So oh, when you want to watch your shows, you want to watch your, your your um YouTube stuff and and ignore. Your wife's uh, phone calls and all the stuff we said we were going to I'm gonna talk about when you were here in person. Uh, that's where you'll be able to do that. Oh, thank God! Instead, we'll just watch John Wick two. 
Exactly. And then we didn't put a TV in uh, the living room, so when we so so we'll be able to hang out and have our, our morning coffee in there and do our do our chats as as we do. Maybe tickle each other. I don't know. Pants optional. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So looking through the basement, bathrooms beautiful, little extra storage. Okay. Mm-hmm. Going through there, laundry room looks fine. Water heater. How do you do? Nice big big yard. Yeah, no, it's got a decent. Yeah, it's got a um, decent yard. Huge tree in the back. Huge tree. We uh, have a garage. Actually, we have a lot of yard space. It's it's all it's all open because it's a pretty. It's it, you know, it's a neighborhood where there's not a lot of privacy fences. And uh, it just yeah, leaves no, right none there. at all. So, um, and I kind of, I mean, uh, we we actually, I've only met our um, one neighbor once, and the people on the other side are incredibly nice. We've we've met and hung out with them, so they're very cool. Um, so a I, nice I little floating deck there. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. Oh. Not a big fan of of the color, but they did leave all of the chairs and the little um, a little table of the table thing. So that's nice, very nice, man. That looks great. That looks great. A thousand sixteen square feet. Yeah, which Two again, baths, one bath. It says one bath. Can... Why not two baths? Um, I don't know if they can count the bath downstairs in the basement because there's not a window thing. Huh. Huh. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but it's, uh, it feels um bigger than that, though. You know, mm-hmm. like, I don't really feel these, like, I don't, it doesn't feel like a small house yeah. till you, till I'm, you know, in the dining room, which really is in a dining room and the kitchen. Yeah. That does feel kind of, kind of small. So, again, it's definitely, um. Here's the it's funny how- thing about kitchens. You fill the size that they are. I love galley kitchens where it's just like stuff on one side, stuff on the other side. There's no L. There's no island. It's just all right there. I like that. And that's what you got. I like that. Yeah. And, I mean, and I mean, really, to be honest, the only reason why our, why our apartment had a bigger space in the kitchen was the was the island. Yeah. So he had a lot of room. I loved that island. I think okay. I do like islands, but not when they're like right in the middle of it. What's on the other side of your kitchen wall where the microwave and oven are? Uh, that is just like that's the basement. That so, is where the sex swing swing is. <laughs> <laughs> we need plenty of elbow room and kneecap room for that. Right, a little out of shape, but. <laughs> Okay, so that's the stairs to go down down to the basement. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, actually, no. I'm sorry. Behind the microwave and all that stuff is the living room. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, I no, I'm I'm sorry. It's the stairs up here. Up at up. Oh, I see. I see. I found picture number two. Can I tell you what I hate? Your house has it, and it looks gorgeous with it. But I, I wrote this on Twitter. Have you been on Twitter today? Yeah, but I yeah. I wrote a 400 page tweet. I saw. I didn't bother to read it. Yeah, don't don't worry about it. Um, I hate fake things that simulate real things, but they're not the real thing. So on your house, it looks gorgeous with the red brick, and then you have the black shutters. But I want real shutters. I live in Houston. We have hurricanes. You literally have to wedge plywood over your windows. Why not just have shutters, like like gentlemen? Yeah. I don't know. I know if there's one thing that I would really like to change about my our house, it would be the front door. I detest the front door. Why? I like that because we, so it looks cool, 
until you get close to it, and they're like, they just spray painted this door black. Uh, I saw a red door, and I wanted it painted black. No color Uh, anymore. I I just want them to be black. black. I love that song. We used to play that song after every game we won when I played high school football. Really? Why that song? Yep. That's weird. Because it was the B-side to, I think it was the B-side to Satisfaction. And we had it on like a tape thing. It was just, red door door and and yeah, it felt so badass, especially because you're on oh. like that high, you know. I mean, probably because of your football team, you really were high. You bunch of rich kids in Oakwood. Oh no, we were terrible. Actually, no, we were pretty good at up football our first couple of years. Then I had had my conversion, and I quit. And people got very, very angry with me. Luke is dead, and Jesus Christ has killed him. The coach, who was a grown man, never really spoke to me again. My art teacher did that in eighth grade. How come? Um, you really want to open this wound? It's really painful. Are you serious? I, we had to draw a comic strip in eighth grade. And I was drawing mine, and a friend of mine said, hey, I went up and asked the teacher, since you and I are the best artists, and we're both the class clowns, true story, he said that. And I, I, I'll actually, I'm a vouch for you for everyone who doesn't know. You are a very good drawer. We, he said, I got permission for us to make our own comic strip together. Simple little art project. So I said, oh, I mean, I'm almost done, whatever. And he's like, no, 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 let's do it together. It'll be awesome. So I was, all right, we were friends. We never do it. We never decide on what we want. I didn't really want to do it. So the day before it was due, he just opened up one of those far side comic books. He flips through it, finds something funny, and he dr- he just draws it out of the book. Jeez. Oh, right. We thought this was for a stupid class assignment. She thinks ours is so funny. She sent it into a contest. No. At the Tulsa World, which is our major newspaper. And we come in first place. You have never told me this story. Okay. So I we... have known you for a half of your life, and you have never <laughs> told me this story. Sir, I am ashamed of you. I, uh, I'm ashamed of me, too. But the story's not over. So we win first place. How bad did, did you feel? The worst? Because I didn't even really see the thing. I saw it, like, for literally maybe five seconds. And the guy's like, listen, I just traced it out of this book, sent it in, whatever, made it a little bit like our own. But Th- That kid had to be crapping his pants. His parents didn't give a shit. <laughs> so <laughs> I wake up. My parents, who subscribe to the Tulsa World, have it not framed, but very well presented when I wake up on Sunday morning. <laughs> hey, Michael, look at this. We're proud of you. Go to Mass. Come out of mass, mass to the parish hall. I, I probably also served at mass. Out of mass at the parish hall, and it's already hanging up on our parish bulletin board. Oh, my God. And I'm getting hugged and kissed <laughs> by every middle-aged woman in our parish. <laughs> Look at my boy, Michael. A week later, I get a phone call from the editor-in-chief of the Tulsa World. And he says to me, uh, excuse me, is this Mr. Michael Gormley? I said, yes, it is. And he goes, you recently won um, our contest? And I said, okay. 
He said, but we were notified by one of our readers that you, in fact, plagiarized this from the Tul- from uh, the far side. And we are rescinding all the awards, and all of it will go to the second place. But unfortunately, the contest is over. So the second place student will never have their comic strip run in the Tulsa world. <laughs> we can't do it next next year. Sorry. Yeah. And I said, I'm sorry. And he hung up. My art teacher, this serious? is like March. This is like Hangs March. Up. My just art hung up. Yeah, he just hung up on. He's talking to like a fourteen-year-old kid, and just no, and, no, 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 no. Sorry, just no, hangs no, no. Up. He's talking to a twelve-year-old kid. He hang, you so were he's in eighth like, grade. You were twelve. Eight. I was twelve or thirteen. Yeah, I was. Oh, I was super young for my grade. I was the youngest that's kid true. in my class yeah, every right, year. That's right. Until I homeschooled, then I then I did many round, many victory laps <laughs> in high school. Whoopsies. Uh, <laughs> I, it, it all worked out fine. It took me five years to finish the eleventh grade. <laughs> <laughs> sure, there's only one college I can possibly go to now. Franciscan begged me to attend. <laughs> I remember hearing that as being like, "Wait, you what? Didn't take an SAT, an ACT, or even graduate? I got a GED, damn it." Well, good for you. Anywho, let me finish this story. Let me finish this story, <laughs> and we can go on to college. Let's uh, let's just stick with middle school. So now I have to tell my mom. Holy shit. And my mom is so furious with me. She's sobbing hysterically. She, for those of you who don't know, is from Philadelphia, smacks me so hard across the face. I go down, right? And say, now, those of you listening who are in your 20s, you don't know what it was like growing up. Getting smacked in the face was never considered abuse. In fact, those stories we're bragging rights when we got into high school. Well, when your parents are from Philly, it hurts extra hard because, you know, Philly. 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 So I get smacked in the face. She is sobbing at how horribly embarrassed. The next morning, I get dragged to the principal's office, not by the principal, but by my parents, who call a meeting with the only nun <laughs> that's at the school, and she's the principal, and she hates everyone. And they all, as is tradition for post-Vatican II yes, nuns, and they rip me to shreds, my mom and this nun, and I have to go and apologize to everyone. Now, you have to understand, this art teacher was also the computer teacher. This is when Windows 95 was new, and me and her, I would say, were borderline, prepare yourself for this, friends. Because oh, we, were the, mean. Yeah. we were the only two people that cared about art and that cared about computers. And we would talk for 30 or 40 minutes. I would go on my – I would skip lunch and go to the computer room and just ask her questions about Windows 95. It was like everything to me. And she never spoke to me again. Two more months of class. Oh, man. And, and for us, art class was they pushed an art cart into our – into our classroom, and she would do it yeah. in the classroom. She never spoke to me again. Oh, I had to go throughout brutal. the school and the church to rip down every, like, congratulations to Michael Gormley. My mom was like, we are humiliated. We are humiliated. We have to you. move to Texas now. Yeah. We're getting out of Dodge, you freaking bastard. Look what you made me do. Look what <laughs> This sounds like a good song, but look what you made me do. <laughs> we end up, I call my buddy Elliot. Who's the one that did the drawing? 
And I'm like, Elliot, how are you holding up? And he goes, oh, good. You know, the school called my parents. They said, what'd you do? And I said, listen, I just had this assignment I had to finish really quickly. You know, Mike wasn't here for me to work on. So I just copied this thing. No one ever told us it was going to the Tulsa world. And I was like, why didn't I think of that? And I had none of us had any idea there was this contest. She just submitted what she thought was like the best, like three or five or 10 comic strips. I had no idea. And I won. <laughs> uh, I would have, I, if I said, I, so I ended up going back to my mom and dad and said, listen, I didn't know, like, I, now I understand why you're so mad, but I didn't even know this was a thing. This was an assignment I didn't want to do with Elliot. He just copied it because we just were like, let's just get it done and we'll move on. And she did, she sent it in without our permission, without even telling us. And my mom's like, oh. <laughs> Well, never mind. Well, never freaking mind, you little bastard. So that was rough. Now go that get your rough. chubby ass outside and go play. You can send the run a little bit. Man, you know what I used to play out in the front yard? Stickball, mm. as if I were living in inner city Philadelphia. <laughs> freaking stickball. And it was like, we're in Tulsa. Can you just relax? <laughs> no, man. I got to use it. We literally used a broom handle and a tennis ball like they did in Philly. Like they did on we the mean to, streets of Kensington. Oh, gosh, what I used to love, and I, I need to just drive drive on passes again because it's it's right by here. We used to play, um, we played baseball, but we had a certain way that we would play it, though, because it was like a brick wall that had like a strike zone, like chalked in on yeah. the wall. And we'd have a tennis ball, and we would have, if you hit the ball at a certain point, you would have like a single, you would have a double, you'd, and we would like keep score that, that way until you got out. And we used to play that, and because all you needed was like two to three people. We, sorry, we, you would have to have at least three people. Uh, we would play it over and over and over again. We would do something similar, but we would play a game called Butts Up, where you'd have a t- a wall and a racquetball, and you would you would throw it up against the wall, and if you caught it and then dropped it or it touched you like bounced off you and you couldn't catch it and throw it up against the wall you had to drop it and run to the wall and touch it and if someone else pegged the wall before you could get there uh you had to stand there with your butt facing the person who got you out and they would get to peg your back with a racquetball (laughs) the midwest welcome hey i sent you a link you sure did. I have it up on my computer screen right now, which is great because I'm sweating so badly. I have my glasses off. <laughs> what do you think of that house? Picture number one. I think it's beautiful. We went to tour that house just because it has a lot of things that my wife likes. The two main things being the dormer windows and the wraparound porch. I've talked about this before. Muckenthalers. I, Muckenthalers. I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. But... We toured I'm this. not Joey. <laughs> we toured just this. Kidding. We just wanted to know, like, what does this really look like? Because it looks gorgeous. And my wife fell in love with this sucker. Fell in love with it. And uh, we were going to put an offer in, and someone beat us. And they closed yeah. the deal. And guess what? Three days ago, I found out that the deal fell through. And they took it off Uh-oh. the market. And they took it off the market. It's no oh, longer no off the way. market. Yeah. No way. So do you think it's gonna so do you think it'll ever go back up or so what our our real estate agent, who's a buddy of mine, said 
They're going to take it off the market soon. And this is before the other offer went in, went in because um, the new school year is starting and they're, they're staying in the area and they want their kids to go yeah. to these schools. Yeah. So they're yeah. like, you know, we're not going to do this, blah, blah, blah. I think the house is way overpriced. But, you know, the what's Zestim- the price at? Well, the it's priced at two, I think it's 246.9. But the Zestimate from Zillow based on 2018 is 188. Yeah, so but they're that's, like those 2000. Are hard lead. Oh, yeah, yeah. Really off that. Right, 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 right. But comparatively speaking, I I think they're about twenty thousand to thirty thousand overpriced, and their 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 driveways all smashed up. They haven't done uh, okay, good okay. lawn maintenance. This is a good picture. The pictures are good. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, there's like huge breaks and cracks in the in the concrete and other stuff that's wrong. But but uh, I am stockpiling cash to try to go in and make an offer. I'm not kidding at Patreon. all. Patreon.com slash CF. Patreon.com slash CF. <laughs> Catchingfoxes.fm to book a live show cheaper than you think. Cheaper than you think. But not as cheap as you want. Yes. We have so many theology on tap. They're like, oh, oh, no, 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 no. I'm like, what? Why would you ask? Dude, let me tell you this. High school ministry pays triple what young adult ministry pays. Yeah, it's crazy. It's that really hasn't caught up yet. Like, no, not even. Close. There's a pretty healthy. I, I mean, I hate to put it in these terms, but just because I find it, it, it interesting, so let's do it. I don't care about it, about the blowback. Um, there's a healthy um, market for like high school ministry speakers because people like they um, think it's important. They want to have really good speakers, and with all the emphasis on like, young adult stuff, I don't know. I, I'm not saying that we're good. I think we're getting actually really good. Um, it's it's just kind of I'm funny how like we have a we have a ton, we have a ton of interest, but it's all like ground level stuff. The only people who can really um who can really pay to bring us out are dioceses for the most part. Your occasional parish can. Um, and it's just funny to see there just isn't the money in like an adult ministry yet, even though it's all that everyone is I'm talking about right now. Which really, if I if I stop and think about it, it, it does make sense because I think I think like an adult ministry is a lot smaller than people actually give it um, credit for, even though it is the big hot thing right right now. Yeah, the funny thing is Bishop Barron, who really does control the hearts and minds of a lot of Catholic America, emphasizes the millennials, especially those who are in their who are twenty somethings, who are leaving the Our church. audience, man so much our audience right but they're leaving the church so much but no one's i shouldn't say no one i don't mean no one but the level of involvement of going out and getting them or welcoming them or whatever is is still super minimal well i think because people it's it's different because it's not like high school where there's you have a variable there which is the parents so how many kids go to youth group because their parents make them go I didn't want to go to my youth group. I didn't really actively want to go as in it was a part of my week until I had already been forced to go for two years. Yeah. And and I'd been to like three or four student conferences by that point in time. Yeah. Started to average two a summer. Two a summer. Really? Um, Yeah. Cool. I really should have done uh, uh, the young apostles thing, whatever the hell it was called. But I just (laughs) did. You really should have. Yeah, no, there was no. I don't know why. I, I honestly, I just 
never really I was kind of in that weird spot where I would go with the group from Coldwater, Ohio, which was my parents' good friends, like um, my good friends. So I would go with like um Father Dan Hess, him and um Katie Hess. Like we were like I would I would go with them, and then my church group started to my um youth group started to go, so I'd go with them. So I kind of had this like two groups that I was I'm um, going with. My biggest regret is I never joined the Young Apostles back. Now it's called Lee, yeah. but and I because once you became a Young Apostle. You could then become a young apostle captain, which was your way into the conferences. Now well, I'm into the conferences, but it was only after literally years of of young apostles yeah. recommending me. You, you know, it's really I've always um, said this. My big now, listen, I love the fact that I met uh, you and John and Adam, and I met all the AMDG guys. Like my life is irrevocably changed because of that. I can I I can't deny that. And it's truly one of the biggest unblessings of my life. Like I would say, I would, you know, like put my wife that I would, you know, like have my family that I would put like you guys and like, I'm Nick and Joel, like right underneath that. But I still think the Lord was probably calling me to do net or to do some type of ministry because I, 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 I think I brought this up before. I always felt like, so way, way back. I don't know if you recall this, but like, Around 2007, I started like kind of feeling like perhaps God was calling me because I would, I always felt like a ministry was like your thing. Yeah. And it was Brian Kissinger's thing and it was, you know, like Andy's thing. And there was this part of me that felt very guilty for wanting to do it because it was, it was, um, oh, oh, Luke's just trying to be like all the other AMDG guys who are trying to be any Hickman. And, or trying to be on Bob Lesnesky, and I didn't want to do that. So I kind of like put the kebabs on that. You know, every time I would go home, I was in, you know, I was helping out with like, oh, like youth group. I was giving talks. I was doing, I was like doing all of this stuff. And I remember around 2007 feeling called to go into ministry, and I started to interview, and, and, and I even brought up to like Andy Lesnesky, and he was like, well, I wouldn't do it unless, I think he kind of thought that it was just me just kind of saying like, oh, it's a thing to do. And I remember him saying, don't do it unless you're really like, I'm called to do it. And I had this thought, like, I kind of think I might be called to do it, but it was just always this kind of weird, like, it just it just felt like it was like another, like I was just, I'm copying people. Does that make sense? Yeah, oh, yeah, totally. Because the idea, for those of you who don't know, when you go to Franciscan, there are avenues. And it, you don't think of it in those terms, but kind of looking back, it's like if you join this household, there are avenues that are kind of like a part of that household. At least for those of us in AMDG, youth ministry, different types of ministry was huge in that area. Oh, huge. I, I mean, I, I like I remember having a thought over at Brian Kissinger's bachelor party. I was like, if you were to have an airplane that were like to like hit all of us and we were all to die, the hit that the Catholic Church would have um taken would have been astronomical at that point in time. Yeah. Of all the guys um that were there and all the stuff they were involved with. Yeah, totally. Totally. There would be thousands of high school kids that wouldn't know where their next slice of pizza was coming from. And brothers, <laughs> that's too much to deal with. <laughs> Those nerds need support. <laughs> but, you know, and it, I mean, honestly, and it wasn't like because I, mean, I think that going back to high school, like if one of my youth ministers had said, go to you guys don't need to do this, I would have jumped at it in a heartbeat. I just didn't really think I never really thought about it that much. And it was never presented to me. So, I mean, so, like, I guess it wasn't God's will or anything like that. But it just was kind of funny because 
I always felt like it was a world I was kind of interested in, but I never, I don't know. It was weird. I, I really kind of regret not having at least a catechetical, a minor or something like that. Cause it, um, would have been amazing. Well, yeah, no, I mean, like, I, like I remember interviewing for a job at a parish in Atlanta and they said, like, I think they wanted to go with the person who um, had more experience. And I obviously had none. And I was very clear. I was like, yeah, I don't blame you. And but like like <laughs> woman even um, said, I remember this. She was like, I really think you have the gift and the call to be like, be in this. And I'm like, I don't know, lady. Like, I'm trying. But there's like, <laughs> like, I'm open to it. But I'm not like trying, if that makes sense. If you actually you know, I, want I, me to try, I'll blow the socks off everyone around here. But I'm just casual. <laughs> I'm totes well, cash. But it, like, it, like, how do you know? Like, it's kind of weird though because I think in terms of ministry, like, how many people do we know who went into it after college and don't do it anymore? Oh, all of them. All minus of them. three. <laughs> like, yeah, really, I mean, I mean I'll tell people. All... I tell people all the time who are high school students thinking about Franciscan. I say, why do you want to go? Are you going because you had a conversion experience your junior or senior year and you think this is going to be summer camp? Because day one, they will tell you, freshman, this is not summer camp. This is not a youth conference for four years, although it kind of is. Yes, it is. I'm like, are you joking? <laughs> they tell all the theology <laughs> majors a that. a every month. <laughs> they tell the theology, <laughs> ma- theology majors that. And I can remember being in theology classes, no matter what they were, and just being like, God, I'm a it's like the best Mark Hart talk every week. <laughs> There's a chapel in the dorms that people actually use. Yeah, unlike Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. oh. There are lines for confessions that you actually have to wait and go, oh, do I really want to wait this long? And then you don't. And you go to a local St. Church. Peter's. And you're like, I'll take the weird Ohio Valley accent. Bobby Ward. Okay, Luke, we got to have a break. We got to have a break right now. We've been going for... 54 minutes strong with John Boy and, and it, Billy BS, and I need to urinate. All right, I gotta, I gotta grab more beer. So White Claw, yeah. right. White Claw, Bye. three minute break. Yep. <sighs> it is so effing hot in this attic. Hey, how about we wrap this show up? Because I just went upstairs to check on my wife and kids, and my wife is open to the marital debt. So let's wrap this show up, Luke. <laughs> So tell me of what you want, what you really, really want. I'll tell you what I want. Um, what I really, really want. I want up. 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 I want up.